and welcome to the Fence End podcast. Uh, Simon here with Fraser and Liam. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Three games to talk about. Two wins and a defeat. Um, Stratfield break, which was a win at Stratfield um, or the council chambers. Transfer window, uh, which kind of includes a player leaving to go to Pompey as a manager. The uh, the women's team playing Bristol City in the fourth round of the FA Cup um, at the weekend. And the under-18s getting through their youth FA Cup fourth round against Cardiff. So uh, should we start with the football? Because the last pod, we didn't really talk football. Um, and we'll go back to that that first win of the two. Fleetwood away in a howling gale and awful conditions, but a but a 2-1 win. So only one uh, one airing of the Captain Pugwash music. Yeah, yeah, which is one hell of a relief. I think going one or down as well with the history of Fleetwood, it, you just sort of Ah, uh, here we are again. Even though been all right recently, mm. it, it just is the the word of it is like it, it, I think Fraser, you said uh, before the game is the eight points thing where you can't not hear eight points and yeah. think, uh, <laughs> or you can't hear eight points and not think, oh, we threw that away. I can't hear Fleetwood without thinking we're just going to get battered. Fleetwood and Southend, we're just going to mm. lose and. and um, to to win to win and it be a game much like we've played against them in the past that first half I don't know what the score should have been more mm. than 1-0 yeah. and then to to win it it just after that Conor McElhaney goal a few years ago just mm. felt great to, to get the last minute winner uh, for it to be Kieran Brown very happy yeah no and it just like you say just beating Fleetwood is I know we did last year but it's still amazing to 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 do it again. Uh, I can't believe I'm in a position where I'm saying it's amazing to beat Fleetwood with the greatest <laughs> of respect for Fleetwood. Yeah, um, it's just a weird sort of record we have against them, isn't it? But um, yeah, and like you say, the first half was so um, what you expect. And and you, if you hadn't seen the game and just heard the result, you at half time you'd go, yeah, yeah, of course that's of course that's the score and. It'll either get worse or stay the same as this. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, and you know, amazing to see Kyle Joseph, um, Kyle Joseph, not Kyle Joseph. I was because I was thinking about the manager, Kyle Joseph, <laughs> um, uh, get his goal after um, how long has he been out? It was about seven weeks, I think, six, yeah, seven weeks. Yeah. It's it's funny you should mention that because as the I'm pretty sure as the uh substitution was being made, somebody f- from within the Oxford fans shouted, Come on, Robinson, sort it out. Um, with which Carl Joseph went onto the pitch and scored almost immediately. So you almost feel like <laughs> Robbo should have gone. How was that? Was that all right? You know, and sort of <laughs> down the line. You told me to sort it out. I've I've sorted it out. Um, so assuming that was assuming that was six weeks. I think it was slightly more, mm. but assuming it was six, you say that's forty-two days. He was for each day. It was. <laughs> <laughs> like he less seconds on the pitch than days he was out. Yeah, like that, yes. that, that is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and and <laughs> what a, what a goal as well. I mean, it was the the parting of the Red Sea a bit with those two mm. defenders to begin with, but then to get in the box and do the the cool finish as well. Um, yeah. it, it it was sort of exactly what we've what we've been missing isn't it like oh yeah. someone just take the game by the scruff of the neck and and mm. go with it and yeah. he did exactly that um in terms of the other goal i'm really pleased that after the arsenal game i said i don't think it was a free kick but you that doesn't matter mm. you've got to defend the free kick yeah right billy bowden 
It looks very much <laughs> like he handballed it. But to then, like, the defending was terrible from the corner. Right? It, yeah. it, the, the free yeah. kick being given is not the issue. They need to defend better. And I'm so pleased I, I said that about a goal that Oxford conceded so that I can now <laughs> yeah. say... Like any fans going, well, we were lucky with that. We were lucky with that. No, it was like we we scored a good goal. Like mm-hmm. there was a, a bad decision beforehand that that does not ex- excuse that that defending. And I've said it sort of in amongst sort of us and and to my family and, and friends and so on for so many times when Oxford have conceded, and it feels great to score one. Mm. Yeah, but, absolutely, absolutely, and it it that. Carrying on from that, you know, oh, I told not. I told you so. That's not quite the virtue, is it? But at half time, I I said to you know we didn't play well first half, and people were moaning. I said, no, so there's one goal in it. We'll be fine if we are sensible with how we play with the wind at our backs, or you know, certainly using the wind in the second half. We'll be fine, and we were so much better second half. You know, we were we were sensible how we played it. We didn't try and just lump it forward and you know, hope it catches the wind or whatever. We but we were it, it showed how influential the wind was in the first half playing against it. Because we, you know, we would try and passes that just would normally come off that weren't because of the conditions. Um and it was a case of okay, hang in there and and use those conditions second half, which which we did. It wasn't a brilliant performance by any stretch, but in those conditions you have to play to the conditions. And get a result, and you know, you know, yeah, getting a result at Fleetwood's fantastic. You know, with the record we have, as you, as you guys have said, it, it it was a good win, especially about to play Ipswich and then mm. Wickham. That had that had no points all over it. And I know that yeah. I said eight points last time mm. um, uh, about the four games, yeah. but you know, you definitely look at, at games against Ipswich and Wickham and and teams that are. Uh, higher than us in the table and and think, well, have we got it in us? Because, you know, we've seen us play against teams we should walk all over and, and lose. Mm. Um, that You go into a team that are uh, higher than us in the table and you sort of expect the worst to a certain extent. Um, so going into those games, getting the win was was kind of vital. And the, the, the conditions being as they were, with wind, it's... it's with you one half and it's against you the other. Mm. The next game, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, the conditions are a a different kettle of fish, weren't they? Yeah, well, leading up to that, uh, there was a lot of talk about the the overnight temperatures and how tin pot we were for not having undersoil heating because Ipswich have got it because they're a massive club, even though they've not beaten us for a while, apart from... Mm. Boxing Day, whatever. But it was that was the kind of oh no, you know the game might be off because of the frost. The the ground will be frozen. It's going to be a real struggle. And uh, we got to the 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 ground. I parked up about half past twelve, something like that. And it was kind of it was one of those foggy mornings where you can see the sun and think that's going to burn through in a minute. And it's going to be one of those lovely crisp, cold, you know, winter sunshine afternoons. And it'll be lovely. You know, it'll be cold because it's the Kassam Stadium in winter. But it'll be it'll be fine. And then. Gradually throughout the afternoon and leading up to kick off, it okay. Well, it hasn't burnt off and it is a bit foggy, but it's fine. You know, I I think that the it always used to be. I remember it was if the if the referee from the centre spot can see both goals and the linesman can see across the pitch, so they can give offside. That's fine, and it kind of 
it wasn't you as the game went on you're looking at the away fans and then they're gradually getting sort of more and more grayed out until eventually it was like you can't see them it was it just got sillier and sillier yeah. but i guess we're you know in the stands you're that bit further away so you, you, i don't know yeah, what the, it was like the at, sort of backlighting of the lights as well yeah of the of the, um, the advertising boards hoardings that's mm. it yeah um but fortunately they were nice and loud singing we'll play in the fog yeah. So they, I mean, they were up for the game, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yes. They certainly were. Yeah. No, until was... a certain point, which was about the full time whistle, I think. Yeah, mm. I, I can't imagine why. But <laughs> did they say there's a claim that the ref asked both managers, do you want to continue? And did, well, there's differing stories on this. Mm. Ipswich claimed that we, we both said no. Um, and we kind of don't claim that. Um, well, I think from from my understanding, and I've I've listened to a few of the um, of the Ipswich interviews and a, a few of the Oxford ones. What it seems like happened is the ref they they called him over and said, "Look, this is ridiculous. We can't play on." And he said, "Right, okay. Well, because it's gone seventy minutes, or because it's gone seventy five minutes, um, it will be a draw then." And both teams went, no, 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 we want we want the chance to win. So we want to replay it or mm. play the last 15 minutes on another day or whatever. And he said, well, because it's gone 75 minutes, it will stand as a one-all draw. And both teams at that point said, well, let's play on then. Right, okay. The, the, big, the big Ipswich annoyance, I believe, is that they can't find it in, in writing that that is the rule. Because mm. the writing seems fairly ambiguous um so they're a bit hacked off if the referee just made it up <laughs> um or Surely not. you know <laughs> but like yeah i think i think if both both managers said let's play on if mm. they won yeah. i'm sure carl would have had exactly the same grievances they didn't we did so yeah. you know it's this way round. uh it's unfortunate i'd i'd feel very hard done by if i were them but Oh well, it just it, it's the one breaks. of those things, isn't it? it went, yeah, it, yeah, exactly that. It went our way, um, and look, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as if Ipswich absolutely bossed the game. Um, you know, they edged possession, but not by a huge amount. Um, the shots were fairly even. Um, you know, all all the stats were were fairly even, and and I think you know we got a a break to score a winner, and and um and we put it away, and mm. I mean. It, there's all talk it was a deflection, there was this, that, the other. I don't really know what the hell happens. It goes in, though. Uh, I've, I've seen, yeah, seen yeah, don't care. footage of that <laughs> from behind the goal, and it doesn't look like a no, big... It if, it, if it is a deflection, it's it's slight. I don't think it's yeah. enough to to completely bamboozle the, the goalkeeper. You know, yeah. he, he's hit it The well fact enough. he couldn't see is probably yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. But he's... He, I mean, fantastic. Cameron Brannigan, you know, I think has... has Earlier in the season, those were going in, and then for the last couple of months, maybe we where it's not been going well. You know, he's they've been he's been lashing them over the top, and it's it's kind of why are you doing that all the time? That's why he's yeah, I suppose, you know, it's the it's the if you don't buy a ticket, you're not going to win the lottery. It's it, he's yeah. he's had a go, and it's it's come off there, and he's, he's hit it beautifully. You know, one of those lovely volleys that you hit, and it's like oh, that's yeah, he's hit that beautifully. Yeah, um, I think. I think there's there's a thing that some managers are very good at, some teams are very good at, which is playing the odds. When it's a, a young goalkeeper that wasn't meant to be playing, shoot from far out. 
Mm. I think in those conditions, have shots. Yeah. Have it, you know, and, and, you know, when it's wet, you skim off the surface, do all of that, play the odds. And I don't think we do that enough. So no. seeing someone, oh, right, people can't see very well. I'm going to shoot. Yeah. As, as soon as I get the yeah. chance, I'm going to shoot. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I mean, we said it on, on this podcast, that the, the main annoyance from the Arsenal game was the reluctance to just have a shot at some mm. point. Just just have a go. I mean, when we were 3-0 down, I mean, what we were still doing that thing of, of, of kind of pl- playing it about a bit too much. And, I mean, you might as well just have a go now. But, yeah, no, it was great to see that in, uh, in the Ipswich game. And also, you know, Yannick Wildschutz's first goal um, yeah. after, yeah. you know, was it... The preseason friendly that he got injured in, and he yeah, yeah. Played, the... played twelve minutes. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's great for him, and and you, you know, I know it's massively should have, would have, could have, and every team have, have got injuries. But just thinking what he could have done uh, in this time, I don't know if it, could things be a little bit different. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, a lovely goal as well. Um, there's mm. there was no stopping that, and just the skill, and you 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 kind of got a really good glimpse of of the guy that was raved about um, when he came here. <laughs> and that's exactly what we need as well. Cause that was a, it was a long ball from Eastwood that he brought down well and so on. Yeah. So you do that and then people don't know that we're just going to play it short next time. Yeah. And you, you do need to mix it up because that has been a, a big uh, downfall. I think when you always are, just playing it along the back. That's fine. It works, but you're going to get them to move more if they don't know if you're going to go long next time because yeah. then they don't know whether to, to mm. close down or to, to sort of drop deep. Yeah. That, that variation is key and being able to do it in that game, I think was a huge help. Liam, you mentioned different ways of playing, you know, and that, and the yes. goal against Ipswich and, and the formation against Ipswich as well. The fact that yeah. we, we went to, a th- three or five at the back, whichever way you want to sit, you know, look at it, but certainly three centre halves and then wing backs and two up front, which in the Ipswich game were Yannick Wiltshire and Billy Bowden, not neither of which are really centre forward. So, you know, they Wiltshire clearly did a job. I think Bowden, it didn't kind of suit him quite as well. He, he didn't seem to fit into that. And, and it worked well against Ipswich. And then you go to Wickham where you, you know what you're going to get and you know that you're going to have to be defensively solid. And we go back to a back four with, with Javan Anderson. Uh, and it just, it was a bit of a, well, why not stick with that back three of a, to give you a bit more solidity? Um, I don't know whether it would have made any difference. I don't know. Cause, but, but Wickham did what they do against us and have done. And, and that, you know, it's, it's happened again as the song went from their fans. It, mm. we, since, since the playoff final, I think we've only won the one game against them, I think. And I can't and believe it's even won. It might, I don't not, think it, it might be it's a draw. One draw. I don't one think th- we've scored against them since no. that game. Oh, no, and that, that was a cross. Yeah, and for well, that's true. And in, I mean, in the lead up to that, you know, to that playoff final, it, it, the the record wasn't too bad. There was the, you know, the, obviously the three nil promotion game and things like that. And it's just at the moment there, there's that, and maybe that is why there's that reaction from the fans to it. You know that it's oh, you know, and and it's come out against Robinson a lot that it's it's bloody Wickham again. And we just don't seem to work out how to play them. And yet we did that so well against Ipswich, a team that had beaten us three nil, uh, uh, 
well, less than a month earlier or a month earlier, was it? Yeah, just about less than a month. And the- yeah, I think the so the Ipswich manager, is it Kieran McKenna? Is that yeah. his name? Mm. He said after the game, I'm Radio Suffolk. I've never seen Oxford play like that. I've, mm. I've studied them. I've never seen them play in that way before. We had them. Yeah, <laughs> That's how that works. And I, I, what we're doing against Wickham doesn't work. No. Yeah. And, and, and we can see that. And they, the management team must be able to see it. And, mm. and there, there's only, there seems to be a like, well, yeah, but we're p- playing the right way. Screw the right way. I want to win. I had a very brief chat with Gareth Ainsworth before the Ipswich game. He was at the Ipswich game. Their game against Bristol Rovers was called off as part of the Oxfox thing. We were going around um, getting uh, people to sign the petition for the new stadium and, and such. And he was stood at the fence end by the burger van at the fence end with, with, the, uh, with the chairman. Uh, of Wickham and we we approached him asked him if he'd sign our petition that kind of thing but had a had a bit of a chat with him did, and, did and they did, sign it did he sign it well he took a leaflet so I'm hoping he did oh okay uh, we, we I, didn't I, have a physical one there it was yeah, like you and QR codes some Wickham fans who have, yeah so yeah so I, I mean he, he certainly listened to what we had to say and we explained the situation with the stadium which I don't think he was really aware of and I suppose that's you know you've got your own things to think about as a manager but but you know briefly had a chat um about football and and you know he was saying i don't care about possession stats and everything like that i just want to win my job is to win yeah. football matches and if we get one percent possession and i win the game i don't care i no, mean well, i think there's a little bit of bravado in that in that you yeah. clearly you're asking people to pay money to come and watch you do that you know if 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 it was if it was just you as a single entity doing it fine when you're trying to get people to come along and pay good money to watch it, uh, yeah, there's, there's a little bit about that. But yeah, he 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 does what he does, and you're absolutely right. We haven't worked out how to not play against it, and we it's all well and good having, like you say, those those fine ideals of well, we're playing the right way. But if that means you get beaten, you've got to occasionally for for the odd game here and there change those values so that you win those games, and then you can carry on playing the nice football against teams that you can use that against and beat. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a balance here, isn't there? We, we've always been, as a fan base, very quick to um, kind of talk down to Wickham Wanderers mm. because, especially in the Gareth Ainsworth era, because he he is, we're used to doing it with, with Graham Wesley um, and Steve Evans to a certain extent. Phil Brown. Uh, yeah, mm. that kind of, you know, I guess, I don't know, did Wimbledon invent it? The kind of knock it yeah. long to a big a big target man and and, and you know and, and he'll sort it out but um I, I didn't see the game last night I, was, I listened to all of it because I, I was driving for the whole time but mm. um a lot of people commenting on Wickham said they still have that about them but there's a bit more to it now it's not quite just lump it yeah. there's there is um a lot of thought gone into um I think you said it earlier so I very quickly getting the ball into you know, very advantageous it, positions, yeah. which if you watch their second, it's either the second or the first goal, the one that, that is not long from the keeper. Um, and I, I, it sounds a bit weird. I sort of nerdily timed it on the replay. It leaves the keeper's foot. And between then and going to the back of the net is eight and a half seconds, mm. right? From the keeper to the back of our net. And it's, it's one long kick. Um, I think it's a midfielder, heads it forward. Yeah. He goes down the wing, cuts inside. He's given a lot of space in the box. We can't ignore that. He's given a hell of a lot of room by 
by Anderson, I think. Um, and and um, and he, and he scores, and and, and you know, two 0 That's basically it. Um, and the, you can you can look at a goal that Barcelona score, and they pass it forty eight times before it goes in, and that's yeah. worth one goal. Yeah, yeah. no, you can look I at mean, the one that was eight and a half yeah. seconds. And yeah. look, I mean, you know, and and you know, I would put into the argument Barcelona play wonderful football usually, and it, and I get it; it is lovely to watch, and it was always. Uh, Appleton's theory had that he got in trouble, didn't he? Well, in trouble, he got mm, yeah. controversy. He was saying plan B is plan A, which is basically plan what Neil McWilliam said last yeah. week about um, <laughs> the stadium. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, and and I mean, Carl is kind of known for that sort of football as well, mm. really. He wants to sort of play in that way with passing, moving wingers, this sort of thing. Um, but I don't know. I think I I just think we we have been quite arrogant about Wickham over the years. And and yeah. someone said last night, um, Gareth Ainsworth just knows how to beat Carl Robinson every single time. Because well, it's, and of... it's not just against us. You know, they're they're no. what are they now? They're seventh. They're, well, they're, they're just a couple higher. of points behind Barnsley. Well, yeah, I know um, they've played more games, but but you're right. Just very quickly, you said you know were they. They're not lot. They're not a long ball team. You know, they they get the ball into danger areas quickly. You know, they they don't faff about with it at the back. It's like, well, we can't score if the ball's in our half and we're passing around at the back. So we'll get it forward quickly. But it's done with purpose and pace, and you know, it, getting the ball, you know, usually wide if they can, and crosses into the box uh, and, and and attack the ball in the box. And it's certainly. I think the last time we played there, when the fireworks went off, because they went top, they they out footballed us, they out muscled us, they they were quicker, they were sharper, they were they were having shots, they tackled better, they worked better, and, and pretty much the same last night. They were they were they were efficient, long, very. I efficient. think it was yeah because we we created we created some good chances and mm. couldn't score. Yeah, they created some chances and scored, and that <laughs> was that was. The difference when they got into those positions, they were they were going to put that shot in. They were yeah. going to get it on target. Yeah, it was yeah. it was efficient. It wasn't. Oh, we'll try and get a slightly better angle on that. We'll try and do this. Mm, we'll try yeah. and do that. I don't know if it's as simple as they had Mametti, but he was mm. the best player on the pitch by a landslide. I mean, he made such a difference. He set up the first one. He scored the second one, and he was you know very effective everything he tried to do came off from what i said earlier i will have a moan about the ref <laughs> but but this is in no way saying it's the ref's fault that we lost we lost because we could not score but to put the goalkeeper for time wasting and then around sort of 56 57 minutes there's a time it goes out for a wickham corner and the ball boy walks over and picks up the ball and throws it to their number 11 who just chests it off the other touchline. Mm. So the ball boy walks around and gets the ball and throws it to the number 23. And he lines up to take a throw in, even though it's a corner. And then the ref says, now it's a corner. So he walks over to the court, to the quadrant and it puts the ball down and he steps back like he's about to take it. And then he runs away and someone else comes over to take it. Oh. And then, and then the ref adds on three minutes. Yeah. What, what, what is that? Like, I, to a certain extent, I get Ainsworth's. I don't care. I'm being paid to. Um, I'm being paid to win games. It mm. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that fans are paying money. I've got to win games. Yeah. It's not my job to put bums on bums on seats. That's marketing. Yeah. I've got to win games. I get that. The referee's job is to ensure that the ninety minutes of football happens safely, yeah. and he's not doing it. Mm. Yeah. I I just don't understand 
in what way? Right, I'll book the goalkeeper early on and then I'll stop time-wasting. Which you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they didn't stop time-wasting. Didn't get the card back out, though. No. Yeah, because they this is the thing, they know full well. The keeper will then waste as much time as he wants because he knows he is not getting sent off for time wasting. It's just not gonna mm. happen, you know. And this is a problem in football, isn't it? Is that yeah. you see it all the time with it's things like fouls that get committed in the box would always be a free kick outside the box, but it's never now really there shouldn't be a difference, you know, <laughs> a foul's a foul. Yeah. Um, but then I see the opposing argument in that. There's basically a penalty at every corner because a shirt mm. ball was a foul. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, and Brannigan's a nightmare for that. Yeah. <laughs> Leans in, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, but I totally agree, Liam. It's 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 infuriating to watch as well, especially when um, I know we've kind of been complimentary of Wickham, but they do have those tactics still. And when you play against it, you kind of think, well, why, it's okay. why would you change it if if you were them? Yeah. Why would you change yeah. it? So, you know, when, when you play against it and it's obvious time wasting, you think, well, it's okay as long as the ref enforces the rules here, which you know just isn't happening. And like you say, the thing with pretending they think it's a throw, then it's a corner. It's like ref, you're obviously being scammed. Can you not see this? Yeah, like um, you're you are surely not an you're like you're not an idiot. I'm going to put uh, that yeah. out there. You're <laughs> not, you know what they're doing. Yeah, don't let them do it. Um, yeah. and and. If Oxford do it, I'm also annoyed. I'm happier when we win. <laughs> mm, yeah. But um but you know, when we're not ahead for long enough for me to <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Talking about refere- referees dealing with this, it's it's one of those things we I go back to occasionally. Um, and talking about Graham Wesley, Stevenage, back in the time when they always used to have that mid midway through a half, somebody would go down with a or if, or I think I've got an injury, I've got an injury. Their, their players would go off to the touchline, have a drink, have a catch up with the you know with what Wesley would give them a tactical team talk while the player the got paper. a little bit yeah <laughs> just have a, a general catch up and we knew it was going to happen and the ref knew it was happening you could see him talking to the player claiming a, an injury and eventually the, the phys- he called the physio on so then the player has to go off to the touchline to to start play starts again and. The referee in that game, I can't remember who it was, but basically did the, right, holds his hand up to say, wait, play restarts. And he keeps his hand up, keeps the player off the pitch for quite a number of seconds. And I'm pretty sure the ball then went out of play for a throw in and he still had his hand up. You can see Wesley and their their backroom staff were going absolutely mad at the fourth official and everyone. And it was like, no, the ref was almost saying that you've, you've, done what you do and there's not really a lot I could have done about it at the time but I'm going to decide when you come back onto the pitch and it was it was those mm. sort of things a little bit of a win there for the referee and they all you're right they you know at some point a referee is going to need to send off a goalkeeper and, and and I'm sure the pundits will go well they're ruining the game you're going to send have loads of sendings off and it'll be well you might for a couple of games but as soon as players realize that by doing that you're going to get sent off you yeah. won't do it anymore. And, you know, it's like you can't, you know, you can't charge into goalkeepers anymore like you could in the 1950s. So when that rule came in that you can't do it, players stopped doing it. You know, if a player did it now, they'd get sent off. They wouldn't go, oh, we used to be able to do it. Well, change the laws, but the laws are, have changed. Well, no, yeah, you don't you have can't. to change it. You no, need to exactly. Apply them. the laws, yeah, <laughs> enforce the laws. And, yeah, you might get a few silly red cards or a lot of red cards or whatever it might be but it would soon they'd soon realize ah oh, we can't do that anymore and it would yeah. you're right you know it, it would you'd get at least 
well, you might get at least 60 minutes of football in a game rather than 45 minutes, which is probably about what it is sometimes against some of the teams that do that. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, unfortunately, to your point, the game that you're talking about, I think he gave us a penalty for nothing at all as well. And I think right. we lost the game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying. At least he tried yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's... Right. Uh... Um, yeah, I think the the frustrating thing about about that is there are some managers that Robinson seems to know how to beat, mm. Mm. regardless yeah. of how either team play or, or where they are on the table. But Ainsworth absolutely has Robinson. And and until yeah. Robinson goes, I am going to do something completely different that you don't see coming, mm. don't think that's going to change. And mm. for the record, we said that maybe it's about time um, Taylor sat on the bench for a few games and then yeah. we won both yeah. of the next two. Yeah. So mm. I'm sure he listens. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he does, I might, I might edit the next bit. But mm. talking of Robinson, i got to say, I thought his post-match interview was a disaster. Um, and it was vintage Carl Robinson in, in after a poor result. Um, I don't know what on earth he was going on about at any point. It, it, it was a mad ramble about winning two thirds of the game. Uh, we mm. lost the midfield battle. We played good. I, I mean, stop. It, it's, we didn't. <laughs> yesterday was a bit like a bit like we were trying to play the stats. We want possession. Yeah. We want the most XG. We want the most shots. We want the most whatever. And and not necessarily making any of those things effective. Almost like so afterwards you can go, yeah, well, look at the stats. We've, we've absolutely had that game. Yeah. Well, the, ignoring the obvious, <laughs> there's only one stat that matters. You, it, it's pointless having a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that it has no venom on it or, you know, is from the halfway line. I know that didn't happen, but it, it, it's those stats are interesting, but they will not win you a game. They can help you win the game. They can make it more likely to win the game. But that is from you playing a, playing a good enough quality that the stats rack up. Mm. It, it just felt like a tick box exercise. And that's not what it needed to be. It needed to be a, a battle. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that, but I've seen that two thirds thing mentioned, and it's like, well, yeah. If but if you're two nil up or down, whichever way you want to look at it, if Wickham are two nil up, they'll let you have the ball at the back, and they'll let you have the ball around the centre circle with the midfielders yeah. tapping it around, and they'll just sit in a bank, two banks of four, or however they might want to line up, and you're not going to get any further. You're not going to get into that final third, no. which is where you are going to score the goals and where you're going to be, you know efficient like they were in the final third um, because they've gone you can have it in those two thirds we'll keep this one third for ourselves and you never look like scoring no and look and look I mean I I get it to a certain extent that um, with that interview last night he he's a man in a job under some pressure you know I get that Uh, 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 and I don't think a lot of pressure because I think a lot of pressure comes from the board and the movements you hear he's quite well supported by the powers that be I think um the fan base, I, I honestly don't know what the split is. Probably half and half on on the confidence in him, and I get it depends. That... <laughs> immediately after the end switch game, it was something. Immediately after that, well, well, yeah, that's how football goes, isn't it? Um, but you know, I mean, it it 
kind of mirrors what he's like in interviews he you know after defeats and i'm not saying you no know, he's got to be chipper and, and and buoyant and loves that we've lost a game that's not what i'm hoping for but i don't know it's his it's kind of way doesn't breed calm it breeds mm. a bit of panic and this and this and this and that and that and it's like what what on earth what's happening <laughs> Um, I think but, now whether whether was... this is a, a representation, it's certainly not a question I asked on Twitter. But but uh, you know, are are we for or against him? I think probably the response to this question because people were saying, well, you know, we're not in a relegation battle, but we need to make sure we don't go down this season. I looked at it, we're we're ten points and nine teams above the relegation spots, yeah, and we're eight points and six teams below the playoffs. So we're in terms of points and teams between us we're closer to the playoffs than we are to the relegation spot. So I said, of those two options, which is most likely for us this season? Now, I took out the mid-table obscurity because that's the most likely thing. But I think the, if you answer, well, we're in a relegation battle, you're probably in a Robinson out camp. And yeah. if you're yeah, the same playoffs. Now, at the moment, it's 53% relegation, 47% playoffs. Really? So more, I don't think... Even though the points... And the number of teams between us in those two scenarios, we are closer to the playoffs than the relegation spot. So I think I, I, I did it as a bit of a kind of, you know, how are people look at us in isolation? And we, you know, we it's it, and immediately after a poor result last like, like last night. But it, it, it does whether that's a sign of more and more people, I think, are turning against the manager and want him gone. I don't want him gone because I want him to succeed. But equally, if he did go, I wouldn't be that bereft. I think you'd uh, kind of go, okay, a fresh start might not be a bad thing. Um, and that kind of takes us on to the, one of the other topics, transfer windows, John Massinio going to Portsmouth and winning his first two games there after Portsmouth, I don't think had won since November, October, something like that. I think that was it. They hadn't won back to back since then. Right. Okay. Um, Oh no! Well, you might be right. I'd, um, I thought I'd heard the other thing though. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, no, it, end before... of October. Sorry, to stop you. Yeah, no. Uh, Forest Green nil, Portsmouth one on the twenty second of October. Since then, uh, draws and defeats up until really? these last two games, which they've won. So, yeah, what? they had God, a very good they... start to the season, then fell away, and then I got yeah. to say though, I think I think giving him the credit of the first one in particular it mm. is like. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> it. Might be let's impress the new boss, so it, it yeah. might it's have the new influenced yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think you can go. What a tactical genius that man is! He's had no. a, a <laughs> half a day of media and half a day where he's met the players, and all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If if I could, I really quickly say on Carl before we move on. Mm. I yeah, don't yeah, think sorry. we will be anywhere near relegation. I just don't no. think we will. I think there are far too many teams who this could be played back to me in a very embarrassing way. <laughs> I think well, you've got the recording, too... so you won't well, <laughs> destroy the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are far too many other teams who are worse than us. Yeah. I just don't think we're but at the same token, and you kind of alluded to this when you said about your tweet, Simon, is that I don't really think we'll be much close to the playoffs either. I think no. we'll be bang in the middle. Um, and and that's how it went. What will be interesting is that by the time mm. the, the July or August rolls around, he'll be under one year with his contract left to go. And mm. if we stay mid-table, I can't see that the club will rush to offer him an extension and we'll kind of enter a period where, that, like the one we had with Chris Wilder, where mm. his the end of his contract was getting very close 
he is reasonably so a man employed and and needs work and yeah. starts looking elsewhere and did look elsewhere and left and mm. I just, if we stay mid-table, I can't see they're going to put a new contract in front of Carl. I just, I just don't think they will. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know that they'll have enough to to want to sack him either. So no. it's going to enter a strange, you know. And look, we've got a season to play yet before we have conversations like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going a strange way. I'm still, I still want him to stay. Um, I'm kind of like you, Simon. I, I. I'm not a cheerleader for him. I also, um, I, I'm not banging the drum for his exit either. If he were to go, I wouldn't be devastated. Um, but I, I, I still support him because I think there's still a, a glimmer that we could sneak into the playoffs, but I'm not overly confident about it. Where we are from the playoffs and uh, relegation, they say 51 points should leave you safe from relegation, don't they? And 74 yeah, should be enough for playoffs. You've got 57 points to play for. If we go down, you're talking about 15 or fewer. Yeah. Um, if we go, if we get into the playoffs, you're talking about 39 from those 57. Yeah. Both seem a bit of a stretch, but ultimately mm. plausible. Bearing in mind, when there were 66 points available, we needed 44. Yeah, that's true enough, yeah. So... Actually, since since we said that on this podcast, we, we have headed in that direction. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. we're we're on target for it, but yeah. it's a long way to go, isn't it? And let's get those sixteen early doors. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I th- like you said, I, it it was done. You know, I, I didn't give that third option of mid table. You know, obscurity, but it, it yeah, I I think. That he's a safe pair of hands. So he's a he's a he's not an idiot. You see, oh, you know, people calling him a clown and this, that, and the other on on social media after after the game last night. And it's like, no, he's he's a, a decent football manager. Um, he will get them playing in some games well, in others not brilliantly. And and yeah, John Cena, you know, I, I kind of threw that in. He's, yeah, he has won the first two games. They could equally now go on a run of losing four or five on the trot. You don't know. It, it's yeah because there's some fragility there clearly because of how their season has gone. Um, yeah, and any any managerial change is is a risk. Um, you know, if I'm not saying he's going. If 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 he went, um, and you bring in someone, there's always that risk involved. You know, there there seems to be, and John Massino is is an example of that of a man of. He's you know he's taken his first managerial post after still being a player with us, coaching sort of assistant coach that kind of thing. Where it's happened with 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 a few managers now of it's not the same old faces getting the jobs. It's the younger academy coaches or assistant managers that have done well mm. sometimes at bigger clubs, but not always. Um, but have have then gone to leagues one and two. Um, and done well in their first managerial jobs. And that might be the way that we look. I don't know. Funnily, on the fans forum and the Yellows forum today, people were talking about, oh, I've heard third hand that they're going to bring in an overseas manager in the summer. And it's, you know, but they'll co- keep Carl until then. I mean, that that's probably the, you know, the, the hairdresser's dog telling them that. But, <laughs> you know, they... They talked about championship football in a new stadium. Well, you know, we'll come on to the stadium in a bit. But if if the stadium happens, 
in the timescales that we're looking at, that's at the start of the 2026 season. It's only this season and three more to get ourselves into the championship. And at some point, the club will need to decide, is that going to be Carl doing that job of getting us into the championship? Or do we need to pull the trigger on him before we move to the stadium? You know, to, to have one, two seasons for the new manager to get us up before we move there. Um, I think this is this is going to be very contradictory. What I'm about to say. <laughs> um, firstly, I think um, if I think Moose going is is sort of a winning thing for each of each of the parties involved. Yeah, he gets a managerial job. They get. An, I I think he's going to be a great manager. Mm. We we sell because they must have paid out his contract at yeah. least. Yeah. We sell a 36 year old centre back who's not playing for us. Mm. I think that's that's a win all round. Yeah. Um I think I think he'll be great. I think he'll be a really good manager. He seems to have all the attributes you look for. I don't think if Carl went, I don't think Moose would be he, even if he applied for the job, I'm not sure that the owners would go for him. I think it's mm. a massive gamble. Mm. And if you're in their position and you say, um, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of Carl, we want that one of he wasn't even the assistant and then moose yeah. are we going to give it to moose i think that's that doesn't go we want championship football in mm. in the next two years for example it it's the only way you're going to do that is if you go like um derby have we want paul warren his yeah. his record in this league is exceptional yeah that's who we want we're obviously we're not in the position necessarily to do that like like Derby have um someone yeah you'd go for someone sort of proven so Mm. even though I'm saying I think Portsmouth have done the right thing in going for him I don't think we would have done and I don't think that's the route we would take to try and get out of this yeah no I think think, you're right that Paul Warren Grant McCann play managers that have been Darren Moore yeah I, I know he hasn't actually he got Doncaster up there and then when he left, they, yeah, they fell apart. obviously. Yeah. And now he's gone to Sheffield Wednesday and, and they're flying. I think he, yeah. he's good in this league. He talks well. It's good, attractive football that they're playing. Yeah, yeah. someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, and the same as you, Liam. I, I, I love the appointment from the Pompey board point of view. I think it's brilliant. Mm. And I, I, I think it's... um. I'm so bored of... I mean, if you look at the managerial career of Frank Lampard... I mean, the guy's a fraud. I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he he had the was it the Derby job he had? Yes, they yeah, got yeah. to the playoff final. He spent a huge amount of money. Mm. They lost in the playoff final. He gets handed the Chelsea job. Now look, who would turn that down? He he's a Chelsea legend. Mm. You know, he was never going to turn that job down. But he was awful. He goes to Everton. They've been dreadful since. And it's like. Well, and then people go, oh, is it a surprise about Frank Lampard? Why is it a surprise? Right. He he was a very good footballer, granted, right? No one's denying that. But to then hand him these huge jobs, and, you know, at least with Massinho, he's done a bit of um, the, the other side of thing, the coaching side of thing. He hasn't kind of, um, and he's, you know, he's big in kind of the politics of football, isn't he, in the mm. PFA and that sort of thing. He hasn't kind of just got there by being a huge um uh, footballing name you know he's he's obviously impressed them because they had other candidates um i don't buy the thing that they've gone for a cheap option it's i mean it's pompey i don't i don't know that they really need to, need to go no. for the, the very cheapest thing and um you know it's it's uh 
it's a club where the the natives get restless very quickly. They they are a big club for League One. They they you know there's mm. no denying it. They're a kind of a sleeping giant in this division, and the fact that they're are they tenth or ninth or something, you know you, you wouldn't. Well, be they're surprised. now three points ahead of us. Yeah. Okay. Tenth. Right. Yeah. So you know it's it's um they're a club who and they fan base demand success pretty quickly. So it's. You know, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a difficult job for him. But I, I the same as you, I, I think he can be a great man. He just seems to have that way about him, a, a sort of leadership. And But no, I don't think Oxford would have would have replaced Carl with him um, if the time came. But, you know, it's um, fair play to the Pompey board. Mm. I think that post-match interview that you talked about with Robinson, I think we were spoiled with... With Wilder, you could win a game and feel fantastic and he'd speak afterwards and you'd go, oh, okay, it's not that great. (laughs) Sorry, I was happy for a minute. Um, With um, He was just very measured, wasn't he? Same Mm. with Appleton. He was very, I'll tell you tactically why what happened just happened. If we lost, right, okay, here's why we lost. And you go, oh, okay, this this guy understands. Well, next week then we'll Mm. win. And if we won, he'd go, okay, yeah, we did win, but, you know here's why we won and, and would be very measured and tactical about it. Then you had, uh, obviously I've missed out Waddock because it was, he was just <laughs> oh, yeah. reacting to losses seven, seven out of yeah. eight times. <laughs> um, and then Clotet was just a, a lottery. And I, I feel that Arteta had this a bit where his people had gone, oh, they're lower league, say they're direct. Even though mm. that, that yeah. isn't the game yeah. that just happened. Uh, yeah, um, I had no idea why he was saying that. No, no, no. It was just, yeah, his management... Clotet, I think that was each time his management just said, oh, say that they need to focus more. I think Robinson is phenomenal when you win. Yeah. Oh, he's He just he speaks is. like a fan. And so when you lose, you go, ah, oh. I, I was hoping this interview would let me feel calmer about the whole situation. But actually, I just feel like, what's the point? <laughs> I, need, yeah. I need another yeah. game now. Um, I think you know, Moose has that really calm... Yeah, yeah, fairly matter of fact about it. It's like he's talking to a mate almost, mm. and I think that is a, a that is a very appealing thing in a manager. Yeah, and you're right with the with the way it's it's great when you win because I always remember um, I can't remember who he was managing. Someone Appleton managed after us. We had a game back here at the Kassam. Um, and Radio Oxford interviewed him before the game, and he was asked about that promotion season. And I was really disappointed listening to it because it, the moment hit me that, oh, yeah, he's not an Oxford fan. And it didn't quite mean as much to him as it did to me. And he was like the figurehead of that season. Mm. And he just kind of said, no, I don't really reflect on things like that. I'm not that sort of person. I just kind of get on with with what I'm doing now. And And there was this kind of emptiness. And you know that if we had a promotion season with Carl – if he was asked about it 10 years later, he'd probably still wax lyrical about it, about what it emotionally meant to him. And that's where he's amazing, you know, but um, mm. it's, it's yeah, it just kind of goes both ways. It's two extremes when, when we win and when we lose, but um, yeah. And I think that's, that came across with everything yesterday. Mm. We'd, yeah. we'd all been happy during the day. Yeah. The, the Wickham game happens. We're all a bit, disappointed and the the post-match stuff uh there wasn't at the game from from radio oxford um they did the live dub it was just more negative than i've known for so long when we've just we've we've got six points from uh from three games that's an all right return 
Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we beat the bottom two and then we lost to, um, you know, to third from bottom. <laughs> it wasn't mm. that at all. Yeah. We'd beaten a, a team that were in the, the top three. Yeah, their form hasn't been great. Um, we'd beaten Fleetwood, who are in and around where we are. And then we, we lost to another team that are, are looking at the playoffs. Yeah. It, it, that's... That's an all right return still. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But it, I don't know. The, the mood was really negative yesterday. Yeah, it was. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah. Whether it is because it was such a, a come down from that afternoon that, like you say, two wins on the trot, we're feeling good. We get the news uh, from the council cabinet meeting that, yes, they'll enter into negotiations to discuss leases and heads of terms. And obviously, it's still a long way to go. You know, as, as everybody keeps emphasizing, it is a long way to go. But it was a it was a a, a a really positive for that afternoon that you yeah. go yes they haven't said no they've not yeah. written it off they've, That's yeah. the they've thing. actually it's... said it's a pro it's a progress we haven't taken that one step forward two steps back we've it it's going forward but slowly but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not stalled it's not gone backwards it's I a, think it's anyone, a step in the right direction anyone who is so elated they think brilliant. I'll get my shovel and we'll go down yeah, there now. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't understand the situation. Similarly, <laughs> anyone who's gone, all right, calm down, it's miles away. Mm. Yeah, but it could have stopped today. Yeah. yeah. What we yeah. got yesterday no, yeah, was the best possible news we could have got yesterday. Well, yes. They, they yeah. weren't going to go, yeah, do you know what? Bill, I'm surprised yeah, yeah. I haven't started. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a builder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was as good as it could possibly be, and and it's just a case of managing that because that was not the toughest hurdle. No, no. The, like I don't know when the toughest hurdle is. It's in the next few, mm. but it, it, there's there's tougher to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like- and, and at each hurdle, there there could be a point at which the council go uh, no. Sorry, no. We've looked at everything, and this isn't right. You know, we're yeah. not we're not going to, and you know, at the moment we're talking about entering into terms or heads of terms and leases. At some point, they might have looked at it then and gone, actually, no, we're not going to do it anymore. It's yeah. not right, and it, it we 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 as fans need to keep that calm head about it in all sorts of ways. You know, um, and it, we've been fantastic. The, the fans that spoke. Um, uh, and that uh, yeah. break, Amazing. You know, as well. Yeah, I, you know there was. I, I I watched about an hour's worth of it before I then headed off to to the Wickham to get the train to Wickham. But yeah, Reva Castley. Um, mm. I think it was Harry Hall, the young lad who spoke. Oh, yeah. who spoke brilliantly. You know, and uh, uh, just you know, Paul Peros from Oxfox um, went in first. You know, that's always difficult to open proceedings and know how to pitch it. And but I thought he again. He, you know, he's he spoke brilliantly, um, and just people who who were football fans and involved with the club, involved with the community trust, and people who were in support of the of the stadium uh, mm. proposals who weren't football fans. You know, just getting yeah, yeah, to yeah. residents saying, "Look, I'm not a football fan, but I can see the benefits that this will have to the community." Um, and 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 fair enough, you know, the, the people that are against the stadium got to speak as well. Um, you know, but that's important. It, that is important is. That so is that democracy. we know what mm. the proposals need to be. If people yeah. go, I'm mm. really worried there are going to be 15 traffic lights, then yeah. the, the 
the club the can players. go, okay, we promise the most is 12. Like, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, yeah. It's, it's that until they say what their problems would be, we can't yeah. rectify those. No. And it's that, yeah. it's that opinion, you know, the whole thing about, you know, having opinions. Yeah. That's opinions are fine, but they need to be informed. You know, mm. the, the, the whole thing about where we're up to at the moment in terms of how the, the club has, the proposals that we put forward, well, it was initially Stratfield break, but a lot of those same things can apply to the triangle of land. Um, and people say, well, we need more information before the councils and the various councils can make a decision and, and people need to be consulted. And it's like, well, at the moment, all we're saying is we'd like to build a stadium there um, and we'll, you know, in general terms, we'll encourage as many fans as possible to take public transport to the stadium um, and we'll get involved in the community and we'll provide a community hub. But that's kind of, uh, I mean, in <laughs> they've gone into a bit more detail than that. But in general terms, that's kind of where it's at at the moment. And um, uh, understandably, people go, well, I, you know, I want more information. It's like, well, yeah, that will come in the, the next stages when more detailed plans go in that might give, you know, a visual indication of what the stadium would look like. And like you say, where traffic lights would go, where where the walkways would go. If, if are we going to put any additional infrastructure in from... Oxford Parkway station and and how you walk out of the station there to get yeah. to the new ground we you, you know will there be another footbridge over the A34 or will it just feed into the road that's currently there how are they going to you know structure things and and parking and all sorts of stuff will come in that next like you say Liam in the next couple of stages in the next few stages that detail will be there for people to then inform their opinions and their their feelings about it you know it and will, so that those things can change as well. Yes, That's not going, yeah, this is yeah. how it's going to look. It's yeah. the initial thoughts and everything. Yes, yeah. People yeah. challenge, like you say, people challenge that and go, oh, no, because, yeah, no, we can't get, that's a nightmare. That junction or whatever it might be is a problem. Okay, well, we'll look at that. Thank you. Yeah, we'll look and revise that or or however it might, you know, whatever it is. The, the visual look of the stadium you know there's, there's yeah. been all sorts of kind of claims that it's going to be this concrete monstrosity well I've, I've also heard that the, the you know the club are saying it's going to be the 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 greenest in in terms of you know ecology and, and sustainability of any stadium ever built that would be fantastic yeah. you know we've, we've we've talked in the past about oxford being you know if you tell talk to people about Oxford. Well, it's, you know, it's a world leading university. It's a, you know, a brand in mini that has been around the world and known around the world, the university and and, and the vaccine and, and everything about Oxford is, is world renowned and, and dictionary and quality, the dictionary. Yeah. But yeah. you know, Collins one. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's everything about the city is, is kind of wonderful. You know, it, it's the, it's the beautiful architecture, everything, you know, is, is, pretty much as good as it can be you know that there are there are negatives about the city obviously but but in general terms it's it's you know it is a wonderful city and it, to have a stadium that reflects that quality you know and, and world-class facility is whether you like football or not surely that's a positive you know it can only be a positive to have the best of whatever it is that you're doing you know yeah um, i think a lot of it is is like you guys are saying is is just um responding to what some of the the, the opposition or fears some people may have about it mm. and, and you know there are we we hear from the 
the, the the vocal opponents of this, but there will be plenty of people who aren't in support of it yet, mm. who um, merely just have a couple of reservations that they're waiting for answers for. And yeah. that's fine, right? Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with living in Kidlington all of your life, finding out a football stadium is going to get built and merely wanting to ask a couple of questions about it. You know, that's that's perfectly reasonable. We'd all be the same if it was, you mm. know, we'd all want to know the ins and outs of this. And and like, you know, like, been, like has been said by the club, now that um, they can, you know, I think across the next few months, detail a bit more about what they uh, think this may look like potentially, mm. or, um, you know, a lot of those questions I think will be answered. I think it's just about having conversations with people and, and, you know, there'll be a lot of mistruths flying about that yeah. um, we can, you know, we can kind of dispel. Um, and um, I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's a real opportunity now to to show what it is we want to do here. And is that what our understanding of what the, what's going to happen next then? We'll, we'll, so the, 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 the meetings start in, as in yeah. the negotiations, don't they? Is that right? Well, from what, um, from what Jerome said on Radio Oxford yesterday, um, the, uh, they're going to have an update at the next meeting on how things have been going. Right. So they obviously plan to start pretty Straight soon. Away. Yeah. 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 Um, which is which is great. Like obviously the, the time limit has <laughs> has not been kept secret. <laughs> yes. So I mean that's vital. Yeah. And time is of the essence and it's it's something yeah. that you you would expect. Uh, you know, we we have um owners now who are who are well versed in stadium builds, not necessarily in this country, but uh, you know, but in in terms of what's needed to get a stadium built and and also um owners that have, that have built other building and, and development projects so so they will understand where the pitfalls might be they will have people working behind the scenes to okay let's get that to a point you know all the various things that need to be done get them to points as far as we can under the terms that we're working under at the moment and, and, and gradually have things falling into place as it goes on yeah they won't now be starting to look at the first line of the contract that you know that contract will be in draft form somewhere that now needs to be looked through again and 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 details ironed out and and all of that sort of stuff i just going back quickly to the to the stratfield break uh, the the council cabinet meeting um and it's as as a you know a a middle-aged white bloke I, i there's very rarely that i get kind of othered but the 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 kind of terminology around football fans, although the football fans have hijacked the consultation of the of the residents, it's kind of like, well, we are residents, you know. It's this kind of, well, they their views don't count because they're football fans. Of course, they want the stadium there, and it's like, well, you can't just discount a load of people's views because they support the football well, club and they, therefore you can't listen the to them they'll be the ones who might use it yeah it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that, that, oh well they've hijacked the consultation it's like saying well voters are hijacking elections you know oh they voted for that party they've clearly hijacked the election it's like no the, yeah. the, everybody's views are you know whether you're for or against the stadium your views are, are, are perfectly you know worth as much as anyone else's vote if you like but but to dismiss a, a, a I mean, large proportion imagine of it people. the other way around mm. imagine going yes. well yeah but you would oppose it you're a resident yeah 
yeah. Of North Oxford. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you, not because you live nearby. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah. You, you don't get a say in this. You wouldn't no. even be using it. Yeah. What do you want next? A vote? Oh, well, um, talking of which, I, I think, think the local I think council elections are coming up to in say, May, aren't they? I think it's important to say that if anyone is, as Fraser said, Oh, I, I just have one one or two questions answered, yeah. or or is against it altogether and will not change mm. their view. If anyone is disparaging about that person or about their views, or you know, it, it is confrontational about it, those heels will dig in a lot more. Yeah, politeness yeah. is key. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's I want to say on the um the the timing as well. Um, it it. It's going to have to, to a certain extent, move at a rate of knots, isn't it? Because (laughs) if you think about, um, if they're absolutely, you know, we've been told we we cannot stay at the Kassam after May 2026. You think that that's, think back to when you first ever heard of COVID-19. It was probably January 2020. Mm. That time forward, we basically have to have a built stadium. It's really not a long time. And, and no, you couldn't get hold of, you know, any kind of uh, building materials during COVID either. So that was yeah, yeah. So we're, the bill. We're gonna, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've, we've not got, got some, to go through that again, have we? I mean, uh, I've got some Lego. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that's it, it's it's mm. sometimes 2026 can feel a long way away, but it yeah. really isn't. No, no, no. I well, think see, four you... years was a tight deadline and yeah. a year's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chelsea football, some of the... Chelsea signings would only be sort of like about halfway through their current contracts because they're <laughs> signing people on eight-year contracts. So, yeah, you know. There's about seven managers away from now. Yeah, well, that's that's very true. Very true. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it does have to rocket through. And and if, obviously, there's a big thing about we'll be homeless. Whether there is a, a temporary fix that isn't mm. possible to be a permanent fix, like, I know that it was mentioned at the, the cabinet meeting, but the possibility of ground sharing. Well, if yeah. even if that became a possibility, that is a temporary thing that does yeah. not sustain a club. No. Mm. We've seen that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, time and time again. So whether that is an option is something that I hope doesn't need to become apparent. Hopefully in three and a half years we go, flipping out, that was good. How yeah. efficient. Uh, didn't that didn't that fly by and yeah uh, yeah (laughs) and here we are um yeah so we'll we'll obviously over the next three and a half years of pods we'll come back to the stadium at various points and anyway on to uh other matters we talked about one of the transfers and like you say they're they're probably a fee paid for to uh to get Mourinho um to Pompey um so you know arguably where's that money going to be spent we we've brought in um a couple of youngsters, um, for, you know, ones for the future, and a, and then a left back on loan from Hull. Um, Carl he said decent. he does. Yeah, looks a very tidy little player, um, and and the Hull fans were were really positive about him. Surprised he'd gone uh, out on loan. They they were hoping he'd be still with them. I think they conceded quite a bit from set pieces. So I think Rossini wanted a bit more height in in defense and he's he's not the biggest player in the world but um certainly yeah he, he looks good um Carl has said striker is is one of the areas he's looking at and I think I mean we've talked about 
well, there's at the moment there's no supply, so any striker is going to struggle. But but maybe a, a a different type of striker will give us an option to play a slightly different way towards that striker. Um, what are your thoughts on who? Not necessarily who, but the the type of player that might be, and, and any other areas that we think we need to strengthen. Um, I think uh, I think firstly. It, I find it a bit irritating when fans are like, well, we, we, I thought we were going to be aggressive this transfer window. Mm, we haven't yeah. signed anyone. Yeah, if you discount the three we've signed, we haven't signed anyone. Yeah. Um, I understand they're not, you know, two of them aren't going to be first team unless things go very wrong. I understand that the other one is just on loan, but we have actually signed people. Yes. Um, people have talked about um, defensive midfielder, sort of Gorin replacement. Mm. Um which is difficult because I think I think Gorin, when Anderson goes forwards, or when the right back goes forwards, the right centre back can go out to right back and Gorin slots in. He does that mm. automatically each time. Without um, Gorin in the side, that doesn't happen as much. And we're currently playing with a right back who is rarely at right back, and in the games where he plays well, he's fantastic but yesterday he was exposed twice out of position mm. and they scored two goals um and and he does have that about him and against a very well disciplined team we will get found out we might not in different games but you know that is that is to be considered um maybe we do need someone like that but then who who doesn't start bait Brannigan or McGwain mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have to make this decision, which no. I'm very happy about. <laughs> but yeah, but also by the ta- same token, one of those three gets injured. Who have we got as cover? Mm. And I, I often think as well, and you're right, Bate, Brannigan and McGuane have been have been pretty good this season, you know, um, in a season that's not been wonderful. But there's always that kind of like, well, if we bring in someone that's better than Brannigan or better than McGuane or better than Bate, whether that's on a permanent or on a loan, then you play them. You know, it, it's, you, I I think it's, it's important that we don't just bring in squad players just to bring, bring the numbers up. The two, like they say, the two youngsters are, are, aren't squad numbers anyway, because they're under, under age in terms of that. And they are ones for the future. But if you're bringing in someone in that position, yeah, it's got to be better than one all of those three, really, those three are kind of, I say much of a muchness. No, they're all very, very good. You know, there's not necessarily a standout in there. You could make an argument for any one of those three being the better player. Um, so if we are bringing in that defensive midfielder, bring in someone better and then you drop McGuane or you drop Brannigan or you drop Bate because the player that's coming in is better. Um, and and it's at this point, you kind of think we've got to go quality in that area. Um, we don't just want numbers and it's the same up front. We, again, we, I mean, some people have said, well, let's bring in a, a youngster from a Premier League team, but I think there's that, uh, are they going to do a job in league one against, you know, gnarly old defenders? And I think you, you've got a young talent and a perspective, really good talent in Gatlin O'Donka. Uh, if you're bringing in a 18, 19, 20 year old from a Premier League club, He's probably not going to play every game. He's not going to start. You're not going to get 60, 70, 80 minutes out of him week in, week out. Whereas you would if you bring in that, I don't know, mid-20s player who's been 
around the Championship, League One, League Two levels for several seasons. He's scoring goals. Um, you know, it's not an easy, it's not an easy ask um, because everybody wants them. But but I think we need that robustness, some physicality. Um, you know, a, a six foot two or three. Ivan Tony, I mean, or or Eves that was at um, Gillingham and went to Hull. You know, a big, mobile centre forward who perhaps Taylor can then play off and be. You know, Taylor hasn't then can then go. Okay, right, I haven't got to go up against the centre half for the whole game and try and win free kicks because I'm not going to win it in the air. And and if we play the the back five, the three centre halves, then you can play two up front. Um, Maybe it's Wiltshire playing off him because he's got the pace as well and a bit of power. But I, I do think we need physicality. That defensive midfielder, like you say, is 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 one that we 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 need to look at. I think we need something physical there and we need something physical up front. I think elsewhere you want that quality and you want that ball playing. But I think you in those two positions you can discount a little bit of that for for that League Two robustness that you need. Yeah, I think the the. One other thing that is worth mentioning on this is the links of Findlay to uh, go back up to Scotland. Yeah, yeah. If that happens, he'd need replacing, but I'm sure mm. that won't happen unless that replacement is in mind. Um, I can only imagine that would be decent money because didn't he sign mm. four years? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would guess that would be decent money. You've got Moose, which is a wage and a player, Seddon's mm. gone out on loan. Obviously, Fleming's yeah. replaced him. But talk about uh, Jody Jones going out on loan as well. Um, if anyone else goes out, you know, we've got to think about the fact we've we've got spaces in the squad mm. now, which yeah. is is good. Um, and yeah, I'm, I always get excited with transfer windows. Mm. I like transfer windows. I'm not sure what's going to happen this time round because the the main position that's being talked about is striker. And as has been said many times, who's letting a striker go? Yeah. They they're either not playing, in which mm. case they'll take weeks to get up to scratch, and there's a reason they're not playing. They're playing but not scoring, and mm. there's you know, that needs addressing. <laughs> yeah. Or they're scoring a lot and that adds a naught. It like mm. it, it doesn't go up a bit in price. No. Goal scoring is the name of the game. So if, yeah. if they're scoring a lot and if they're a good striker, then you you're paying, you know, a fair whack more than they're probably worth. Mm. How do you feel if um, say we say right now that's that's it. No one's coming in. No one's going out. Uh, I think, um, which I wouldn't actually be shocked if that happened. No, it, I wouldn't either. I think at that point you probably assume that the club are accepting mid-table. Mm. Yeah, uh, and, in, and in potentially case, not backing the manager to go much beyond the summer. Do you know, I, I mean, it could be ready either way, couldn't it? Because mm. it might go, look, let's cut our losses this season and we'll look again in the summer transfer window. Mm. If, uh, But if you accept mid-table now, it's almost not Kyle's fault. Or, or he can he can say, mm. well, yeah, but... You didn't, you didn't back me. So, yeah. Or do you yeah. back him so that you could go? Look, we gave you that, and you didn't do anything with it. Yeah. So it, it it's there's I, different I'm ways sure of reading different situations. Yeah. yeah. No, you're you right. Also, if, right. It is interesting. Mm. If you're the club, you also have 
5,000 or so season ticket holders who you need to sell that to as well that uh, obviously they're not going to come out and say oh we just decided to sack it off in January <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. if it's obvious that's what you've done you know you're wanting people to renew um, you know it's it's a difficult one to to play isn't it you've got to I guess not overly make it look like that's what's happened mm. but um, yeah I don't know it's just I think Carl was asked about it last night and he kind of suggested it that not that nothing was close is that right I need to listen to it again to make sure yeah, he sort of right. said nothing's nothing's immediate but we want to address things in the next it's obviously a week so mm. yeah. <laughs> you're running out of time to do it but yeah but yeah so nothing's it... immediate but that's changed a lot since saturday when he yeah. said yeah nothing nothing mm. so is, is midnight tuesday that's the or 11 o'clock tuesday the deadline is it yeah yeah and, we, and which is why i think they've moved the game to the wednesday haven't they the uh barnsley game at home right which would normally be a tuesday night is the wednesday night um I suppose to give yeah everybody chance if for those last minute um, yeah. deals. Well, we'll move on then um, from all of that and cover quickly the the women's team who are playing Bristol City um, in the fourth round of the women's FA Cup. Um, and actually, on the going back to the stadium thing, somebody Reva Castley spoke. Um, is the women's team captain or vice captain and spoke eloquently and brilliantly about how at the moment the women's team can't play at the Kassam. Um as part of the licensing agreement they can't play there um, so that's another another reason if you're listening to this and you're undecided well you know it, it's it, it's 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 shocking that they can't play there because um, they're top of their division um, they're flying they're doing brilliantly and and you know women's football is is such a, a hot topic at the moment with the with, with women's Euros in the summer um, yeah. it, it, and everything around it. So, yeah, Bristol City on Sunday uh, away in the Women's FA Cup fourth round and the season's just getting better and better. Yeah, I see we signed um, Amy Goddard from Bridgewater as well as a centre-back yeah. Um, yeah. and looks like uh, we've had some tough games against her, so mm. she's been tough against us, so... Always good to add, and and I think uh, she's she's what six foot plus and yeah, a dominating centre half. Apparently, she, she's referred to herself as, but can play a bit as well. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see that we're we're picking players from the same division. You know, you come up against girls, women in, in those teams, and go. Actually, we've we've always struggled against them. They've done well. And, yeah. and we're we're building a, a tremendous squad. Yeah, I guess being top of the league uh, attracts mm. yeah <laughs> attracts the best players. Absolutely. I just have out of absolute curiosity in terms of the one club mentality. I don't know how many of the women's squad or people involved with the women's squad listen to this. I know Calf does. So hi Calf. Hi Calf. Um, but if if you're involved with the squad, if you're one of the players and you listen, just. Re- reply to the tweet that this went out with and give us a wave. Just just say that you, you listen because <laughs> yeah, we're all one club and we do support you and uh, and we want a little vanity push. Uh, so as well as the, the women playing in the fourth round, the, the under-18s have already played their fourth round FA Youth Cup um, and beat Cardiff 3-1 and they've been drawn to either play against Wimbledon or, Wimbledon or Leeds who've not yet played their... Um, their game so uh yeah that's the through the fifth round and you know you look at some of the teams left in that now um there's some you know big clubs west ham liverpool uh newcastle arsenal chelsea you know it, it they're up against 
big big football clubs with big academies so again yeah. it's it's it, yes you know it's weird we go back to last night's game against Wickham and, and we're all doom and gloom but the club is in pretty good health um, oh, absolutely. Uh, other than the occasional first teamer yeah. uh, you know men's first team letting us down the the rest of it is going fantastically I mean obviously Steve Kinnebra came in um a couple of months back um and he's continuing the good work that's that's already been put in there um yeah. and, and it's to... uh, absolutely and, and that's you know in a way I'm not going to hark back to you know the the intentions of the owners but I think you just look at the the training ground and the academies and the things they've done to give the club a a, a sound base with yeah. all the yeah. teams at youth level. Um, yeah, they're doing a doing a fantastic job, and and we're seeing that coming through from from youth levels into into first teams at, at both men's and women's first teams. It's a hell of a, a a different kind of look the club, isn't it? To say just like ten years ago. Um, mm. Um, and probably more recent than that as well. Um, but no, it's it's hard to you look around the club at the moment. It's hard to see anything that's that's kind of underperforming. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's all it's all well, moving. In the, <laughs> Hi, Carl. The first thing you look at. <laughs> Sorry, I think yeah, all that point, bit at the start it? we um, talked about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's the point. And and the the form in the last few games has picked up. We're just feeling yeah. overly negative because yeah. of last night. Because it's, um, it's them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it is incredible. You hear about the training ground and how different it was when, when Bino was there. How, mm. how different it was 2015-16. Like, yeah, it yeah. is recent. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really fast. And um, again, you know, it's uh, 2026, we're here before we know it. <laughs> 2026 <laughs> might be here before we finish this pod. It's, yeah. uh, we, <laughs> on that note, on that yes. note, yeah, on, yes. probably wind towards and then yeah. hi, Tim. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening this far, everybody. Um, so a quick, we got, so Burton on Saturday um, and then Barnsley at home on on Wednesday night, Shrewsbury at home on Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, um, whatever, um, the following Saturday. So Burton, Barnsley, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, um, what are we thinking in terms of a, of a points return from those three games? Well, firstly, can I point out, I said eight points from <laughs> Fleetwood, <laughs> Ipswich, Wickham and Burton. Right. It, I'm, it's I, not I'm, possible to get eight. No, it's but not now, possible. But, but I'd like to, at least I didn't say four. The second hurdle. Um, no, I think we've got to look at uh, being able to beat Burton. Not in an arrogant way, but no. run of form as well. Their last yeah. two games have been atrocious. Um, uh, Shrewsbury Barnsley. and Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah. There's no, there's no two ways about that. It's going to be a difficult one. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I'm, I, well, sorry, Liam, I've hijacked your prediction. <laughs> no, no, no. You take all the time you want. I'm going to I say four again. I think we're going to beat Burton... I think we will lose to Barnsley and I think we'll draw with Shrewsbury. I'm going to say seven. Well, I'm going to go six, I think. Although, yeah, Shrewsbury are on one of those patchy teams who who have little runs. I mean, they're above us in the table and have won the last three, uh, but had lost three prior to that. So I think they're a bit of a sketchy team. Uh, and yeah. I'd, I'd like to think we will win that game. Barnsley's going to be tough, even though that's at home. And, we're, and our home form you know, is... Bleh. Um, they're a good side, um, 
but um, yeah, I, I, I'll be heading to Burton on Saturday, and you you kind of hope that we'll uh, we'll get a result there. Um, I think but, you've got so, to, and and if it is yeah. six points, that is a solid return again. Yeah, six yeah. points from a possible six, nine. Yeah, six from nine. Keep going, six from nine, and yeah, yeah. who knows what will happen? Um, but um, yeah, we'll we'll report back on those three if if not before um in the next pod um but in the meantime um keep it civil online which we have been we've been very good at that and this is you know this is not a and face to face (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly but but yeah it's a long way to go and and it would be you know awful if if something that was said was used against the club in, in any kind of way um you know, out out of context because hey, things can get taken out of context online very easily. You know, what? And it, yeah, I know. Surprisingly, <laughs> give me enough, one example. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But it, you know, it's it's it's. Let's not give anybody any ammunition um, to to use that against us. Um, you know, I think we're winning the hearts and minds of people, um, and yeah. if we can continue to do that, um, that's only only you know a positive for. Uh, for the new stadium and touch wood about all that. Um, I'm sure the club and Oxbox will be in touch in, you know, in the future or in the next, not immediate future, but in the coming weeks to kind of say how best to now go forward as fans, what we can do as fans to, to help the process. Um, whether that is, you know, writing to current councillors, future councillors, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and we'll keep up the um the the campaign to to make this a reality um yeah but uh, but until then um thanks guys for uh, for coming on um it's been good Thank again you. and uh, yeah take care of each other take care of yourselves and we will see you next time bye bye, bye. bye.